the one thing I say is like, that's going to separate you from like where you, where you are today and where you want to be just like committing to the process and never, ever, ever, ever giving up. And I promise you, you'll get there. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give you their message of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to entrepreneur and CEO, founder of Stand Store, John Hugh. Do you ever feel like you're just towing the line, doing what you're supposed to do? You know you're meant for greater, but something's holding you back? Do you sometimes feel like life's passing you by? You're gonna love this episode because John's been there and is passionate about helping you get to where you wanna be. He left a life many dream about and founded Stand Store, helping creators save time and easily make money and is here to help you navigate your way to stop people-pleasing and do what lights you up and fills you with joy and make money while you're at it. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, John. Thank you for having me, Lauren. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Okay, Litha J, whose episode, I looked it up, episode 138, just raves about you. And she actually says you have a very good work-life balance, which I wonder if you say that about yourself. But I love hearing about how Stand Store started and it almost accidentally started with you starting your own business and finding what lights you up and was filling you with joy. So would you talk about that? The, the whole story Stan is in our mission. It's really simple. It's just to empower anyone to get to work for themselves. And the reason why we care so deeply about that is because myself and the rest of the team, it's just really personal for us. And so when I think about what's led me to stand so far, it's just like the winding journey of life that we're all on. You know, I was yeah. born. You could tell that story. I actually, it's, I love that story. So cool. Awesome. Well, I hope it helps people feel seen and inspired to pursue their own path. But, you know, I had a single mom, immigrant kid, grew up in the South. When you grow up in an area like that, you're told oftentimes to like do certain things, check certain boxes to be happy in life, right? I went to four year undergrad, paid for school, took on student loans, worked really hard. And then I worked, my butt off, I cold called my way into a job on Wall Street. So I, I was very lucky. I, I worked hard to get a job in investment making at Goldman Sachs. And me as this, you know, Asian American kid, that's like peak, like you, you made your parents proud, right? And so I remember going in, you know, that brazen confidence right out of college, like, oh, I landed this job on Wall Street, you know, things are going to be set now. But you realize on the other side, you've worked those jobs. Unfortunately, a lot of people in those jobs are pretty miserable. You look up and you're like, I do not want to be my bosses one day. And so I remember kind of like checking all these boxes I, I, in finance and doing all these things that on the outside looked incredible. People are like, oh, John, you've got such a great career. And I was like miserable. I was working 100 hour plus weeks, not for myself, felt like I was just working for the man, was accruing like no equity in my own work. And that's kind of the lens in which I went to Stanford Business School. And there it was like, I checked another box. I made my Asian mom proud again, right? things we naturally do. And, and I'm really grateful for all these experiences because I learned a ton. I met really cool people. I figured out how the world works. I just knew I didn't want to go back to like nine to five finance. This just wasn't for me. It's, it, it, it's a great place of stability for a lot of folks. But I think for me during COVID, the only silver lining out of all of that was I was in grad school at the time, like doom scrolling TikTok. And I was like, wait, I could like maybe try this whole creator thing out and see if this is a way that I could work for myself. 
And so the whole story of Stan getting started was just me trying to solve my own problem. And I was, I was like, what kind of content could I post? And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I could post content that could help like little kid version of me, which is how do you get your first dream job as an underrepresented minority? So I just gave all of like the tea and all the tips on how you could break into Wall Street if you had, didn't have any connections like I did. And pretty quickly, I built a really large following. I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like this is the first time in my life I had ever had any sort of job or, or work that was creative. On top of that, I was helping so many people. Like I could feel, I could see in the comments, it energized me so much. And that last variable that I needed though was like, if I want to do this full time, I had to figure out some sort of way to make money. And so Stan was just me using my computer science background, like hacking together a solution for myself, which was like, I needed an easy way for all of my customers and my clients, and my followers to purchase my digital products, like my course, uh, build my email list, you know, download my freebie, all that kind of stuff. Cause there wasn't anything on the market. It was like, I had to use like a link tree and a Calendly and name 15 other solutions that were super expensive. And the story of Stan was just like, I was doing this for a couple of months, having a lot of success. And all of my creator friends were just like, Hey, John, can I use this too? And two ish years later, we got over 8,000 customers making millions of dollars a month on Stan, which is so freaking cool. So many people like getting to quit their full-time jobs to go full-time content creation, being an entrepreneur. So it's just been a really cool journey. And I guess it's led me to this conversation here. Yeah, which is just very cool. And you left out that you also in venture capital. <laughs> like you were <laughs> Goldman Sachs, you did VC, you're at Stanford, and playing around on TikTok, you end up now entrepreneur, which maybe you always wanted anyway. But and I love that you saw these people that weren't happy. They weren't happy as parents. They weren't happy even when they were making a lot of money. They weren't happy and you didn't want to be them in 20 years. Now, how about your mom who, when you were like, oh, I'm going to go on TikTok and I'm going to start my own business and I'm uh, not going to do this financial route. You know, how was that? Because, <laughs> you so, know, you're taking a, this leap of faith instead of the paycheck, right? Totally. Well, I, I think we all grew up with so many like family and societal expectations around what yes. we should do. And, and some of those, they're all well-intentioned, right? They're all like to help us like be stable, what have you. But the the pressures of being born inside the box is that oftentimes it's not built exactly for you. And I think my mom initially struggled to accept that like, hey, John, like you're going to quit this stable conventional path you have that that I myself as your mother worked so hard and sacrificed so much to give you this life. Um, and so initially it was tougher to accept and more so to understand, right? Because I'm very lucky to have a loving mom who truly just like wants the best for me. And but the thing that finally clicked for her later on when she was like, why would you drop out of this like name brand school and do this random thing on the internet that people like laugh at as a job at the time. And then she was like, oh, wait a minute, John, I get it. It's like a parallel to my life where she worked really hard to escape communist China. And at the time, you know, after all of her friends and peers had graduated undergrad and, and they were doing their thing, she was like, no, I really want to do this thing that for me is like a sense of freedom. And so she worked really hard to get to a doctorate program in Italy. She was like, Oh, I recognize now that your version of that, where everyone else and all your peers and your friends have this like wonderful, stable life guaranteed now, like you wanted something more. You wanted something that was a better fit for you personally. And so she kind of started to internalize that, that kind of journey that I've gone on is very similar to hers of like working so hard to get to immigrate to the States. That's great. And it's like a lot of other people, it's like, you can't live your life for somebody else anyway. You have to do what resonates for you. Totally. So, and anybody who's just, listening, John is shaking his head. <laughs> it's the lawyer in me. So, and you're like, nodding. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So um, what does Stan stand for, by the way? 
it's a Gen Z term for super fan. Oh, okay. So it's like, I, so like, I'd be like, I stay in your podcast. Like I stand Lauren. So I'm a super fan of you. And what I really love about it is it's also like a human name. And my hope for Stan as a company is it personifies when I think about like the name Stan, I think of like that really good friend that you can always call no matter what, like the one it's like, you're going through a really tough day and you're like, I just need to call someone, get some advice. And they're always listening here. Like that is my hope for us as a company. And what we do as a mission is like the people we serve are like working alone. It's really hard. It's really scary. It's tough on you all the time. And so my hope is that like our company stand, this like personified human being can be someone who can actually support you through that journey. So. Yeah. 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 Like that's (laughs) so great. Super fans are, that is, that is like everything. And so the people that are coming in and um, using uh, your product for the first time and they must get discouraged because it's the up and down and they've taken that leap or they're, do you have some kind of support and words of advice, or maybe they're listening now and they're scared. What do you tell them? I don't recommend this journey to everyone. The entrepreneurial journey. It's really hard. Not attracted to that. This though, they may, you know, right. You've got to make sure it's for you because it really puts you through the ringer. Right. And, and you've gone through the same journey yourself as well. And I imagine lots of folks listening it's the hardest but most rewarding thing I've ever gotten to do. And I think all of our clients feel the same. And the one thing that I've learned, I've the first piece of content I ever created was a podcast way back in the day. It was called Pattern Recognition. And basically, I was a no-name kid. And I just used this podcast. It was before podcasts were like a big thing, but I used it as an excuse to get to talk to people that like I had no business speaking to. So I would just, I would just send cold emails, like uh, 50 a week to all these billionaires. And like luckily, I'd get like one out of 50 would respond every week. And so I interviewed like 15 plus billion dollar founders at the time. And the, some of them were awesome. Some of them, I was kind of like, honestly surprised that they had built a company as large as they had. But there was one thing that was a key pattern between all of them. Like I did like 50 plus episodes of successful people. And it was just that they persisted and worked hard. They just never gave up. And so that's the one thing I tell all of our clients is on top of, if you sign up for Shane, like you get myself and the whole team here, here to support you. Like you can email us literally anytime and like, we'll help you like think about your content or think about like what products you should offer. But the one thing I say is like, that's going to separate you from like where you, where you are today and where you want to be just like committing to the process and never, ever, ever, ever giving up. And I promise you, you'll get there. Yeah. I love that you look for that thread because I've done the same with all my messages of hope. I'm going to ask you for a message of hope before this is over. I ask everyone and I've compiled all the messages of hope into eight overarching themes. But the number one is we need community. We are Mm. not meant to isolate. And you are talking to people that are working alone and that's it's such a problem now. And you and I could sit, if we sat here for long enough, we could feel like, no, we're best. Like, I mean, I I feel really connected to certain people after I, and I don't feel isolated, even though I am alone in a room (laughs) talking to someone. And it's really important that we actually physically see each other. It is, we are a herd society. We are meant to be together. And it is, that is the number one message. That and service, which you come from a place of service. And I love before we got on, you said, how can I best help you? When I asked, how can I best support you? (laughs) You know, and so we're both. And Litha Jay, who uh, recommended that I talk to you, she comes from completely a place of service, which is why she is so successful. So I just think coming from, you know, looking for those threads of why people do so well 
it's just so important. So people that live in fear and it, whatever you look for, you're going to find. And people that live mm. in fear, then you know, look for the good, look for the successful, you know, keep your eye, whatever you tell yourself, you're right. You know, all of those things, <laughs> you know, I mean, are, it's just so good. So somebody who's just, they're at that job that everyone else says, oh my gosh, you're so lucky and you don't feel it. And you know, there's something else you should be doing. What do you tell them? Oh, walk before you run, tiptoe. People yeah. get so terrified of the process of like going out on their own. It's like, oh my God, I need to like quit my job tomorrow and do figure out all these 15,000 things. Well, the beauty of the internet today is like side hustles are awesome. And maybe you like live your whole life doing a very like stable corporate job and you have a bunch of cool side hustles and projects on the side, but there's so much safety in like, Hey, you know, where you want to be in the future. You've got this awesome thing that let's not take for granted now. Like you can do a solid job there, but realize like, Hey, this is my time to invest in myself. And we've only got one life. You should do that. And so all you got to do is just like incrementally try things, like start posting those first few pieces of content like start thinking about what is your first digital product. And like you can, there's so much free content online teaching you how to do all this for free. Like literally the education on YouTube out there that's free is like more valuable than any Stanford business school education you get nowadays. I truly mean that as it relates to like the knowledge. And so just start small and commit like, Hey, I'm going to do an hour every day to progress within a month's time. You'd be shocked by how much progress you can make. It's so true. You don't have to invent the wheel. And never do. with no. AI, it's like even easier than it was yeah. a month ago and a month before that. So totally. it's, you still have to put your own personality in it, but uh, yeah, it's amazing. So what about with all the shiny object syndrome? How do you help people mm -hmm. stay focused or what would you tell someone? You're laughing. Anybody who can't hear him laughing, he's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough because we, we all have attention spans of goldfish now because of social media and short form content. And we all have like ADHD to some degree because of technology. I think part of the shiny object syndrome is how we ultimately get to our like fully aligned path. Like some of that chaos is okay to like, you, cause you got to figure out what you like and you don't like. And when you first start out, if you're going to be, if you're going to be one of the lucky few, like, I'm going to do this. And this is exactly the vision I want. And it works out perfectly for you. That's awesome. But for me, I, I think I even had like a lot of shiny object syndrome around like what kind of career I wanted and then like what business I kind of wanted to build and, and all this kind of stuff. And so I'd say as long as you're, you're very intentional about your core values of what you want to do. So it's like, Hey, like I want to build financial independence for myself. I want to serve other human beings. I want to build community, whatever that is. Then it's like, okay, as long as we're guardrailed on that path, some of the shiny object syndrome will teach us new things and just be cool life experiences. But I think your intuition will always know at the end of the day, like, Hey, like, is this something you feel guilty about? Cause it's not the right thing. And something like I need to like careen back onto my path. But eventually if you're like still on that path and persisting through those core values and having those as a guardrail, I think you'll be okay long-term. Yeah. I'm so huge on meditation. Yeah. I just think it keeps us so centered and balanced. It doesn't mean shiny object syndrome is in the thing, believe me, or, or like us all over, but it, it gives me balance at least. So well, I'm curious, Lauren, if, if I can ask you a question yeah. about your relationship with meditation is I've always recognized the value of it and I try my best to do it as much as I can. Mm -hmm. But the reality of that is maybe I'll get in like a 10, 15 minute session every few days, even though it's like, I know it's good. It's like eating your spinach. So I'm curious for you when you're like so busy living, like you've got your work and your family and your community and love, like everything going on and like everything's stressful. I'm curious how you've made 
time or gotten yourself to actually like take the time to like sit down and meditate? Cause mm -hmm. I, I struggle with that all the time. I give myself permission, even if it's, and I was just talking to my daughter and a friend about it last night at dinner and they texted me, they did it uh, even three to five minutes. So what? Just to do an in and out breath of three to five minutes. And it is amazing how much that can center just an in and out breath and just tell your watch or your phone, hey, I don't want to say S-I-R-I because it's going to respond at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I have not to set a timer for three minutes or five minutes. So, you, know, you can start there. And it is amazing how centered I feel just concentrating mm -hmm. on my breath for uh, my in and out breath. And when the in breath becomes an out breath, the turnaround of the in to the out, just do an in breath and now out. And then in and out. And do you notice when the in breath becomes an out breath? Yeah. Which is kind of cool. That's super cool. And to do that for three to five minutes. And, and I give myself permission to do, to say that short of a meditation is just fine. And so I do 10 minutes. If that's all I can do yesterday, I did a nine minute. I realized on my watch, I go, I, I set the timer for nine minutes because I realized that's how much time I had before I had to go. <laughs> and that's okay. I give myself permission. I give myself grace. Oh, that's another thing I learned. Put my hand on my chest. That's a very self-compassionate mm. way. And I, I never knew that. I think of all the things I've never been taught. And that's just so simple. And it gives yourself compassion. It's a breathing in and... No matter what you're feeling, you're, that's fine. And I still, I always talk about, it. I, I Google feelings chart because I didn't grow up talking about my feelings. And I'm like, yeah. there's so many. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. So I'll Google feelings chart. And my husband, I'll, I'll be like, that's not a feeling. And I'll make him do it too. We don't know. <laughs> We're all learning. This is all like school. And we just laugh. And I don't care what you think about me. <laughs> it's none of my business anyway, but I just don't even care. And I love that. So yeah. And that's the other thing for anybody who's scared to like be online or do any of this. Nobody's paying that much attention to me. That yes. is the one thing I've learned. Nobody like stuff that I, when they said on my first episode that I had to talk about myself, I was like, oh my God, what will people think? Nobody's thinking about me. <laughs> yes. No, that's such a big unlock for helping you get past all of your insecurities and fears that our brain just generates for us is like, it's with good intentions, like make sure we're not a social outcast in any way. But the reality is, is that literally no one's thinking of you. Yeah. It's at first you're like, no, yes, they are. But then it's very yeah. freeing. The other good news is, especially if you're, let's say you're posting content for the first time, literally no one's going to see it either because oh, you're right. just trying yeah. for the first time. But yeah. you have to go through those like painful, hard, scary iterations to get to your success point and actually like learn how to make good content or learn how to like really put yourself out there and like really go for your dreams. So. Yeah. I mean, and I haven't thought of a diplomatic way to say nobody's thinking about you. I just say, yeah. and I say that I'll just preface it with like, I don't know a diplomatic way to say this, but nobody's thinking about you. Totally. <laughs> like, uh, um, they're still not thinking about me. So I, and it's fine. <laughs> like, I, you know, <laughs> and, and that's perfectly fine. Here you are now, you've got this really successful business. Do you miss doing your original content with resumes? Cause you started out for anybody who doesn't know, you started out helping people with resumes, which yeah. is, it's just such an uplifting, nice thing. Do you miss that or now you're okay? <laughs> so the first caveat I make is it's not a hugely successful business. Very still like raw, still figuring everything out live, very far away from any sort of big conventional success. But in this journey, what I've found to go back to that, actually that the guardrails of consistent values, what I didn't realize intentionally at the time 
that I realized now I'm very intentional about in terms of what I spend my days doing is it wasn't so much like resumes and career coaching. Like that was kind of just the medium for which I realized what I actually get energy from is helping people. Like, I think just honestly helping people, but I think in my content specifically taking my personal superpower, which is like helping people unlock their business selves, like their best career selves. And so when I think back to like what I was doing back then, I miss the, some, some aspects of being a solopreneur and like not having to manage a team of 15 people and all the stuff that comes with that and like building a business. But the core thread of what I genuinely, like what still gets me out of bed in the morning right now is just like getting to empower people to actually pursue whatever step they want to take in their career. Like, especially when it comes to their entrepreneurial journey, because that's what I'm sending into. It's terrifying. I have no idea what I'm doing half the time. Like I've had like a lot of imposter syndrome lately. Most folks do. And that's like what I get to do now at Stan all the time. And that's the core thread of what gave me so much energy when I was first starting to create content. And, And it was specifically around like career stuff. Yeah. I remember when I started my practice, and my friend said, well, just start your own practice. I said, I won't know what I'm doing. She said, nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now I'm like, and when I started the podcast, I was like, same thing. Like, I don't, I didn't even listen to podcasts. You know, maybe I listened to an Oprah like way back when, like I just did. I was like, whatever. And yeah, here I am. And you're crushing years it. Later. And, you know, and then like, you just do it. You just do it. And it's just, you just keep putting one foot in front of another. and The universe rises to meet you. Mm, and yes. I, I always say, I don't know how it works. It just does. You just keep going, just keep putting one foot in front of another and it just works. So do you have a message? I hope you want to give. However hard it might feel right now. I tell myself this all the time. I promise you it will get better if you just persist, right? Exactly what you just said around one foot in front of the other. Every single time I'm like, I'm done. Like I, I just, I'm burnt out or I'm, I've failed completely. If you just like, it's hard in the moment because you're feeling awful about yourself and have you, if you just have the perspective to zoom out, maybe get outside, turn off all your technologies, just like spend a week in nature, whatever you need, I promise you there's always another side. And so whatever you're currently going through, I feel that like we're all going through that right now. I promise you there is another side. You just got to persist. Yeah. So what's the hardest challenge you've ever gone through? And hardest how did challenge? you get through it? Yeah. Or what's the hardest thing you've ever gone through? It does not have to be with work. Just you personally. What's the hardest thing you've ever gone through? I actually say it's something it? that I'm doing right now, which is like a personal search for identity and meaning. This is actually a pretty personal share, but I'd say like earlier in life, I was taught to figure out life through the lens of my career. I think there's a lot of cultural expectations on being Asian American and being like conventionally successful, all that kind of stuff to be accepted by society. And so it wasn't until like the last few years, honestly, I'm, I'm in my late twenties now where everybody's like, wait a minute, my work identity isn't my identity. And it's not actually where I drive a lot of my long-term fulfillment and happiness from, which you realize is like, no matter the accolades, what have you, like, it's not about that. It's like about your loved ones and the depth of your connections and your friends and family. And so I've been really struggling of like, wait, what do I actually want to do with my time in my life? And it's been hard because I've had to like separate from this whole identity I'd built up for so long around like being conventionally successful in one's career and be like, wait a minute, like what actually makes me happy? Um, And so finding boundaries between my work and then also new things that I'm discovering about myself and what I enjoy and like making time for those things has been pretty difficult in a lot of ways, but I'm starting to enjoy it is what I'd say. It's like less scary now, less terrifying. And I'm like starting to figure things out. So. 
Sounds like being more your authentic self. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So what do you do on a daily basis to stay your authentic self? I'm bad at keeping up with the practices that I know help me the most as guardrails. So that's why I asked you the question on meditation. Uh-huh. It's tough because you get sucked up in like all of your, you know, all of the muck that comes with life. But I'd say number one, you know, there's a post behind me that says pray for surf. I love yeah. surfing. Yeah. Um, it's a great way that like you can't bring a phone out there. You're going to drown. Um, it's a great way to connect outdoors with nature. I think being in nature is super important. Um, I'm very lucky to have incredible friends and family. It's just a wonderful support system. I think I get a lot of energy and support there. I have a great therapist who whacks me across the head once a week and I need it. Great perspective, just great time to just like let out stressors and decompress or kind of reorient. Honestly, sometimes I'm still like, that's not enough. I still feel like I'm kind of like running on empty. And I'm actually kind of in one of those moments right now where I'm like, wait a minute, I actually just need to take like two weeks off. So I'm going to go do that. Oh, that's great. I, I think it's really important to listen to our inner compass. Yes. Like when, when it says to do something, to listen and not ignore that gut feeling. So I love that. And I love that you're listening to it. That's, that's good modeling. <laughs> <laughs> I try for, my best. Yeah. For, I mean, because now you have employees. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and, and I think that's important. This was great. Is there anything that I didn't ask you? that we're going to be done. You're going to be like, Lauren didn't ask me this. Hmm. I don't have anything personally. If you think there's any other like thing that we should talk about to give people more hope, then I'm happy to chat about it. But if not, I think I'm good. No, I think this was great. This was really good. Uh, Thank you for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. It was great talking. It was great. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you the messages of honesty, gratitude, and an open heart. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week for another empowering episode all about how to live abundantly, authentically, and how to have fun. It's a great episode that's super upbeat, and that's next week. You definitely don't want to miss that. Be sure to sign up for free Confidence and Clarity Boost sessions. If you're struggling, this might be for you. It's for those who feel like life's passing them by, your inner critic's going nonstop, you're feeling burnt out and jealous of those who are doing what you wish you were doing. Just go to the website at 52weeksofhope.com and sign up over there. If you're enjoying the podcast, share the love and tell two of your friends. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening. 